to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. I'm excited that you're joining us this week. You know, as you listen to the show, I really hope that, of course, you feel my passion for this topic of sales, right? Being in the in, being in sales for 40 years, it, it becomes part of my DNA, and I can't help but see and talk about that sales um, to help people, right? You're, um, I feel like I'm always in help mode. So to help you on your journey of changing your sales game, whatever that means to you. In the show notes, you'll find my communication style assessment. You get two reports. One will be your highest score, which is kind of your just natural communication superpowers. Flip side, your lowest score, you'll get a report for that as well. For me, I often think that if I could shine a light on people's blind spots, that will just help you. So again, be sure to look at both reports, but with a keen eye on that lowest score, because I do think it will help you navigate changing your sales game. Communication is a really important part of sales. So my gift to you, links in the show notes. I hope you enjoy it. Now, my motivational quote today to set the stage for the conversation with my guest and I is by Harvey Mackey. And Harvey says, to me, job titles don't matter. Everyone is in sales. It's the only way we stay in business. And I really love this quote, whether your child is trying to sell you that a dog or cat is a must for your household, or you're trying to get an idea out to stakeholders in your organization or business, the reality is we're always selling. So how do, how do, so how do, um, how, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> How we do this varies, but at the end of the day, if we approach sales through love, care, and respect, for me, that's the most important word, I think it allows us to show up authentically and with a ton of empathy. Now, my guest today is Grant Lira. Grant is a successful entrepreneur, international speaker, and co-founder of The Empathy Firm. His unique approach to sales prioritizes empathy and understanding over traditional tactics. At 24, he co-created the Michelangelo system, an AI-driven podcast content repurposing system, and he's balancing entrepreneurship and military service. Grant also is a Calvary Scout in the Army National Guard. Holy smokes, man, you do it all. Grant, thank you for being on the show. Second time, right? This is your second time on. Yeah, pumped to be back. I was looking forward to this. It's uh, always great to hear such a <laughs> incredible intro that you give. So yeah, no, I'm pumped to be back. You're so cute, Greg, because, you know, when people <laughs> enter my orbit and I like them, it's like, you know, you're stuck with me. So <laughs> and you were people that. to be stuck with, I- for sure. <laughs> You're a sweetheart. All right. So let's let's dig in. How have you found the um, best way to present ideas to uh, prospects? Let's start with that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because like before I did any research on it, there was something I kind of found through just observing life. And that was typically people grasp things or the universe works in ways of three, Um, you know, whether it's like red, white and blue or, you know, another different three things. Like for some reason, that concept of three is just really easy for people to, to grasp and understand. Yeah. So when we're looking at, you know, what we do, which is um, place people onto podcasts that have their ideal client listeners as our ideal client profiles as listeners. And then we repurpose the content afterwards. That's a very simplified version. When I'm actually explaining what we're going to do for people, I need to go a little bit more into depth and it kind of becomes like not an information overload, but just if you've never been in this field, it's like, oh, wow, that's a lot of stuff to take in. So what I did and what I help a lot of people do now 
is basically take whatever system they've created and split it into three different pillars. And I've just found through doing that, I've really been able to see a much better understanding of what I do from the lead or prospect. And that way, at the end of the call, they're less confused. They're like, oh, this makes sense. And so every time what I do is once I you know, do my discovery with them and I say, okay, cool, I can either, if I can help you, then I'll go into everything. Um, and then I'll ask, you know, hey, do you guys, do you take notes with pen and paper? Probably 80% of people say yes. Say amazing. If you could just draw like two lines on the sheet of paper that will create three different columns and I'm going to go left to right. So that way at the end of this call, we can look at this together and we can see everything in front of us. It's all, it's all there. And then I'll, I'll, I'll do this just that. I'll say, you know, Hey, pillar one is this pillar two is this pillar three is this at the end. Um, Maybe they have questions. They'll ask me then, but usually they're like, yeah, no, this makes sense. It's laid out right here. And I found through doing that one, people understand that better because that's just how our brains work for some reason. And, you know, this logic of threes, but then also what that does is a lot of people I know will usually take digital notes um, on calls that they have, but they'll always have like a pen and paper around somewhere. And so if they're evaluating you and maybe two or three other companies and you're the only one that they took those physical notes on one, they have the, you know, writing memory in their head. So that's going to retain more, but also that notepad like sits on their desk for a week or, you know, maybe even longer. And they'll glance at it throughout their day and be like, Oh yeah, that was from grant when, you know, the decision maker, or if they're a decision maker, right. They kind of come up and they say, okay, so this guy said he does this. And I think that this is how it works. This other guy said he does this. And I think they do something different over here, but then grant had, three pillars. And the first one was this second was this third was this. It's just like when it comes time to actually make that decision, you're not only standing out because you have yeah. these physical notes and, you know, this real estate on their desk, but you've actually gone through and like made sure that they actually understand what you do so they can make that informed decision. So that's just something I kind of found through some mentors helping me with that. And just the observation of how kind of people understand things. I'm cracking up and I was looking, I, I try not to look away from the camera because I, I am present. But as you were saying it, I wanted to be able to look what's on my desk. Yeah. I had two meetings and I took my notes and then I cross off as I go through once a decision is made or my task is done, right? It cross it off. But if I'm still investigating and vetting other vendors, I keep that in a section of the binder, right? Or, or in this case, my notepad. And then I could go and reflect because you said it very important. A couple, a couple of things I just want to unpack with that that were brilliant. Number one, having someone, and I know we're using a lot of digital notes now. The Zoom creates notes for me, for me to use in blog posts and stuff. So it's all helpful. I'm not, don't get me wrong. However, when I handwrite, and again, for those listening on Apple Podcasts, I'm just holding up my notepad with my very sloppy handwriting. Uh, but it, when I write it, you said it, the neural pathways, we retain things more detailed and it, it gets into the nooks and crannies of the brain versus typing because there's an effort for us to think about what was said. Now we have to think about making our hand move to write it. So we're ingraining that knowledge or whatever was shared by the salesperson in this case, right? You presenting, um, it gets into the nooks and crannies and that's how we're remembered. So very important. Second thing you said is the three pillars. You're training your prospects, clients, whoever to start to think from that 
that perspective of three, three pillars in, in your case, so that it becomes after the meeting, I understand what the pillars are, but I could reflect back on my notes that are written in my language of what I heard you say. And then that gives you an opportunity also to say, now you wrote down the three pillars. Do you have any questions? I could go back and say, well, I wrote this word, but now I'm not really sure what you meant by that. So by doing that, you eliminate objections <laughs> when you get to ask asking for the business because you're handling potential objections as you're having that conversation. That is freaking brilliant. You're teaching people how to buy from you without saying, hey, by the way, I'm going to teach you how to buy from me because I'm better than the other vendors, right? That's the subconscious exchange there. But you're giving me these tangible things to look at. And then I love that concept because a lot of people don't, it's very hard, especially if it's a bigger ticket item, to make a decision on the spot. People should vet us out. Absolutely. So by having my name, the real estate, like you said, on their desk, where I they go back and go, oh, that's right, Connie Whitman. Oh, I have to look at those other vendors. Oh, I have to compare them. At some point, we get tired of that and think, I only remember her or I only remember Grant. Why am I even looking at these other vendors? So it, it rises us to the re, to the that higher level because of those visual reminders. So many subconscious things are happening there. And even when you're looking at like, let's say you can't get the decision maker on a call and you're dealing mm. with, you know, somebody who's going to present everything to them at you know the mm. end of the p- period when they're gathering information. Um, the other thing you're doing is you're essentially writing their script for them because that's what they're going to read back to their boss. That's what they're going to you know remember. It's like, hey, here's my here's the three pillars. Here's what Grant talked about. You have that script in front of them, so you don't need to like train them on how to sell it to somebody else. They've they've done that and they've internalized what's the big takeaways for them are, and they have that to look at and show somebody else. And and I think by framing it out that way, also at the end, you could say, listen, we went through the three pillars. Let's look at the first one. Do you have any questions? Or more importantly, because you're going to present this to the decision maker, do you think they might have questions or apprehensions about that? that? And we'll do that for the three pillars. Like, see, I would ask for that clarity. Because remember, if I'm presenting to you and the, your boss, right, that you're going to try to go and say, look, I really believe in this. We need this. But I have to arm you with the details that of questions you might potentially ask. I know you, right? I know my boss. So it becomes, I can almost anticipate, yeah, we've heard that before. It's not going to work because... Again, it handles the objections long term because you're conversing, having that conversation about the, whether you realize it or not. You're addressing the objections piecemeal by piecemeal. So brilliant. Just brilliant. As you were saying that the three, it's it's like how we write. Be, you write your beginning, your intro, then give your meat the middle and then the end, beginning, middle, end. Three. That's how our brains work. We really can't. We can't discern more than three things at a time because then what happens? Oh, it's too confusing. I don't have time to yeah. look for it. It's the bandwidth. It's, it's the holidays, right? And then we don't make a decision. So by keeping it structured with that kind of beginning, middle, end, three pillars, whatever it is, um, I think it gives bite size for people to be able to understand, but then to be able to pull the trigger and make a decision too. A hundred percent. And even, you know, going back to something you said a little bit ago, like if you're, you know, presenting to a business partner or somebody who's not the decision maker, who's, you know, the business partner's not there to the decision maker isn't there. I love that. Like asking, Hey, what do you think this person is going to say when they look at this? And it's funny. Cause like a lot of the times on calls, you know, I'll 
ask them, Hey, do you think this could work in your business? And they'll say, yeah, Grant, this makes total sense. Awesome. You get to the next steps. You know, what do you want that to look like? What should you, or what do you think the next step should be? Well, I'll talk to my business partner about it and we'll, you know, discuss. And I say, Oh, cool. Like, what do you think your business partner is going to say? And then it's like, well, I think maybe he might think it's too expensive or he's, he's tried stuff like this in the past and it, it just hasn't worked well. Right. How, do, how does he know what his business partner is going to say? Like that, that's what he's or she is thinking, you know, in their head. So you're actually getting to like that root of, Hey, we're getting kind of past this, like smoke screen of like, yep, looks good. And it's, it's getting to the real, like, Hey, I do actually have reservations. I just wasn't going to tell you them unless you kind of framed it in this way. So like that, that's another way to get like really, really deep inside of what somebody's actually feeling after you've kind of shared everything with them. Absolutely. See, again, it goes back, you know, my communication style assessment. If we could communicate with more clarity, it's easier to make decisions because we have the information. And if, if you and I, right, as salespeople with, with our business, if we can clearly define what everything looks like, it just makes a difference to what the other vendors are doing. I just got a new piece of business for, for the, the new year. And it's there. I'm, I'm in love with this client already. They're just so proactive and amazing and excited um, about developing a culture. Um, and it happens to be a bank, but, but the um, I had a meeting with them and they said, do you know why we chose you? And I said, no, but I always love to hear because that could be a superpower that I'm not even aware of. And they said, your energy, you know, the clarity of how I described things and that I shared with them because I asked questions like for me, communication model, they already are using a communication model. They don't need mine. So they have predictive index. Well, I'm trained on that. So I said, Oh, let's not reinvent the wheel. They're used to that language. Your HR has shared those reports. They're using it for coaching already. Let's build on that. And they thought, Oh my God, she didn't come in and say, Oh yeah, well, I don't use that. I use this and my way is the right way. I came in and said, well, let's build on, what is already working why why throw the baby out of the bathwater we can build from there so see by differentiating ourselves to what other vendors are doing with these good habits we don't even i don't even think about that anymore right you don't even think about it those three pillars having them write it down it's just how we have to do business because it makes a difference that preparedness makes such a difference couldn't agree more. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. So talk to me about what do you think should happen before a call? Like, what are things that you do to just set it up for additional, you know, the three pillars and you know what your strategy is or what your habits are. Um, but what do you think should happen before the call? Yeah. And, you know, it's it, it's kind of something I think when you um, maybe are a little less experienced, I think a lot of people act more reactively rather than proactively. And so looking at that, right, if you're having these calls and like people are giving you the same reasons for not working with you or the same objections over and over and over again, and you're just kind of waiting for them to come up, like there might be a better way to go about that. And what I kind of do is let's say like they take, they say, Hey Grant, I think this is going to take way too much time. I'm not going to wait for them to say that. I'm going to work it into my presentation to say, Hey, and this only takes about three hours a month, you know, which is how many hours you spend in emails a month. We're looking at that compared to this. Like, I think this is going to be a higher ROI activity for you to do. And just like that, now that's one very common objection. I know they're not going to ask. And if you can do that for all the most common reasons people give you for not working with you or just questions they have and you bake that into a presentation at the end, they, all, all their questions are solved in their head. Now it's just like, okay, how do we get started? And the thing that I think a lot of people would benefit from the most 
would be the um, probably biggest thing in sales to get over, which is like, do these people trust you? Do they have reasons to trust you? Like, do they know that you're going to do what you say? And so what I started doing is as soon as somebody books a meeting with me, I'll send them an email. Um, hey, just saw you booked a call on this time, this date. Super excited to chat to see if we can possibly, you know, help you guys out in your business. Um, I'll include some case studies below and just some other social proof stuff. So I send them everything that they possibly need, which was a huge objection after, you know, I'd get on calls. People would say, Hey, yeah, Grant, that sounds good. I'd just like to see a few examples of what you guys do. Cool. I'll send you that before the call. So I don't have to send it to you after you have all this information to make your decision. Um, and then about a, a day, you know, 24 hours before the call, I actually recorded a video. Um, it's about three minutes long. And I send it out to him and say, Hey, look forward to our call tomorrow at this time. Um, if you could watch this video before our call, this will help us out a ton. Um, and then link to the video. And that video basically breaks down the three um, client archetypes that we most typically work with. And it goes into what the problems are and you know how they're kind of feeling and then what we've done for them or how we typically help those people. And it's attached to a case study of that exact type of archetype, how we've helped them and what has actually came out the other side. And that repeats, you know, two more times. Um, and what's cool about that is they can see not only like, oh, they've, they understand where I am because they've helped other companies like this, but there's an actual name and like face to attach to this case study that actually like has worked in my situation before. Cool. Yep. I, now before the end, they, they see me, they hear me, they see how I talk and all this stuff. And so now when I get on that call with them for technically the first time, it doesn't feel like the first time it feels like they've been exposed to me before they know who I am. It's not like a, a stranger. So now, you know, you get on these calls, Hey, pump to hop on to see if we can help you mind. If I ask a few questions better determine, you know, kind of where everything's at hundred percent, they've already seen the work. They already know that you help people in these situations. And it's just a much, it, it dramatically reduces friction of that sales process. Speeds it up too. And, and it's so funny that proactive versus reactive. Whenever I do training with a new client, I have a little self-assessment and it's because really what it, for me, the three pillars of building relationships is you're, you have to be technically aware of your product systems, regulations in your industry, whatever, right? That's about 15% of our success. The other 85 is split between our interpersonal skills and our self-management skills. Um, I, I could be the nicest and most connected person and everybody loves me, but I don't do my follow-up. I don't deliver. I don't. Do, so my self-management skills, I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose a lot of business. So I ask them to do a self-assessment, just like what you're saying, so they could start to analyze. And then one of them is, are you more reactive or proactive in your approach in life, business, client facing or whatever. And I'll tell you about 50% of the time, people come from this very reactive perspective. And I always say there's no judgment and it's not a bad thing. But when we're with our clients, we really need to take on a more proactive stance, because if I can anticipate and handle objections, all the things you just said, while we're having our conversation, you're going to either fast forward on the sales process, right? If the person saying yes or no, whichever, right? If you're not a match, that's okay, too. But we're going to get there faster with a lot less effort, a lot less needing for follow up and making ourselves a pest then, right? So it just streamlines everything proactive is critical, I think, in sales. And the other thing I was, uh, all my clients, the end of the year, they want their salespeople, you know, hitting the new year running uh, business development. Everybody goes business development. And the first thing I say in that class is, guess what? 90% of business development is preparation. It's all the things. I have my three pillars. I have my video. I have the case studies. That's put it 
all of that. You haven't even talked to the client yet. That's part exactly. of that preparation, which then and, and people are like, oh, I don't have time. You can't afford to not find the time to do that because you're going to be able to have more calls. You're going to make more sales because you're you're locked and loaded and you've rinsed and repeated the video. You've rinsed and repeated your three pillars and having the client write it down. It becomes part of our habit. But you have to get there. You have to develop those self-management skills to make everything streamlined and smoother. So every you're talking my game, brother. This is uh, brilliant examples. I love the video because they get a vibe of who you are before they jump in. If I don't like your vibe, I'm, I'm not going to want to do business with you. So do you have that that like factor um, that I even want to spend time with? Right. So very important stuff that you're sharing. Do you totally. want to add anything? Because then I have another question. But go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. I think we've tapped that. I think I think I'm happy with where that sits. Yeah, it's please be proactive. Um, and then my next question is, I'm curious, what does sales leadership like mean to you? How would you define it? Totally. I think that um, <laughs> the thing that a lot of people think of with, you know, salespeople is like used cars. Salesmen is typically what they are associating with because it's, it's got a pretty tarnished reputation. There are definitely some very high pressure um, sales tactics and people out there. And I, I truly don't think that that stuff works well anymore. Um, I feel like it maybe did back like, 10 years ago or something like, yeah, exactly. Like it's, <laughs> it's just not very viable today. So like for me, what sales leadership is, is, is just that like, you're not there to try to convince somebody to buy something from you. You're there to show them like, if they are truly a good fit, the system that I have, not only do I think or believe that it'll work for you, I know it will because we've helped people in your exact position get from this, you know, problem to a solution or reach this goal. So it's really just kind of holding their hand and taking them on that journey, which a lot of the times is it could be scary for some people. You know, maybe they've been burned in the past. Maybe this is something they've tried with another company and it didn't work. And it's selfish of you if you really believe that you can help these people to just take no the first time for an answer, because it might be like a, a gut reaction of just like, hey, don't want to do it right They're They're afraid of taking that first step. And it really comes down to like, okay, totally. I'm not here to like change your mind one way or another, but just based on everything that you've told me and that we've kind of talked about in this call for me, it's crystal clear how, you know, our capabilities align with the goals that you guys have. I, I'm just wondering if you don't see that, or if there's anything that still isn't making sense to you, because if you truly believe that you can help someone and you know that for a fact, like letting them go and keep struggling in this issue that they're having, that's not, that's not good for anybody. So it's really like, Taking the process, really paying attention to, especially the beginning part, which is just making sure you're a good fit. And if you're a good fit for that person, like a lot of the times they're, they're not going to want to pull the trigger right away. They're going to want to do a lot of research, which they should absolutely. But it's really yeah. important just to show them like, Hey, this is something we do all the time. And I know it can work for you guys. And I, I just want to make sure that the roadmap from not getting started with us, but you know, hypothetically, if we got started to here to success, like for me, it's clear. I want to make sure you see the same vision I do and really just kind of taking the time to break that down and, and guide them along that path. You know, it's not manipulating or forcing. It's inspiring people to take action based on reality. And you have the case studies, right? Because let's face it, as a business owner, but I don't care what business you're in. If you're a CEO of a huge conglomerate, time is money. 
And if if we can show by putting this time and effort and taking your people out and do whatever, whatever, whatever you're selling or doing, what is the return on my time and what is the return on the investment? And if we can't articulate that, that's your role in the, that that potential client or prospect, the role in the dice, like that's pretty dangerous. So again, it's showing up prepared, right? And being that proactive to anticipate what those apprehensions could be. And and I do like that you said, let's face it, you've been burned, I've been burned in business where you think you're getting one thing and at the end, of, well, that's not what we agreed on. And I think, well, that's what I understood. So it's a little bit of manipulation. I will never deal with those people again. I will never refer those people for sure. But now what happens is the next time I get into a situation where I'm the buyer for my business, I'm really putting people through the ringer, especially if there's not a lot of clarity in their presentation. So you, you can also teach people why not to buy from you if you don't have clarity in your process like you're saying i see this with such clarity that the success is going to be x y and z right that return on investment of time um if we can't articulate that you know we're asking them to roll the dice and and let's face it that that means either that client's going to become a pain in our neck because we're not a good fit or they're expecting something i'm not delivering they're still a pain in my neck you know we want smooth sailing after we make a sale but it's we we can't chase the money right it's all about building the relationships that's the essence of that totally yeah what are some of the ideas or some of the things that you do? Because I like how you approach sales um, in your business, but what are some ideas you have for client retention and that whole buyer's remorse after? I know I get buyer's remorse after I spend money. Yeah, I, I, it's a super, you know, human problem. Like that's something that I think all of us feel to some extent on a variety of, you know, different purchases, whether it's something smaller, you know, something large. Um, for us, it, it, it's a pretty simple fix that we do. And it's something where like, once we, you know, sign a new client, um, afterwards we do the handoff and, you know, all that stuff that normal companies do, that's pretty standard. But what we'll also do is we'll get their mailing address. And like I said before, we do podcast guesting and we'll send them like lights and tripods and a microphone and all this stuff. So it's, it's kind of something we're like, okay, it's small. It's not a ton of money for us to do, but then they get this mystery box in the mail and they're like, Oh, it's from the empathy firm. What's this? Like, Oh, this is cool. Like it's something, you know, physically I can hold like this is cool. And it'll help me in a bunch of different things, not just the podcast. I can use it on my zoom calls and all this stuff too. And it was just something that's super small that just kind of reinforces like, Hey, we're here for you guys. You made a good decision. We're going to help you out here's a little surprise. Like, it's just something funny like that, that, you know, looking at it logically, it doesn't make much sense. But a lot of the times we're not logical creatures. We're far more emotional than we'd like to admit, but we tend to justify those, you know, emotional decisions with logic. So just a little something, and it can be something small too. If you guys are like, hey, I don't really have the profit margins for that branded coffee mugs, like just something small or like, oh, this is cool. I like this. Like something like that will make a huge difference in the actual, like, Getting started, especially at the beginning of a relationship, a relationship when everything is so fresh, that makes a world of difference to people. And, you know, it's so silly, Grant, but the simple things add up to big results. And it, if we could create those little habits, like that's part of the onboarding to send the mic and the tripod with the light or whatever it, whatever it is that you guys send out or whatever the business is, um, it's becoming 
it's becoming a good loss leader because what happens then we retain that client, not just for the, the year or the month or whatever, but that they, they hire us over and over again to, because it's another thing too, part of the preparation, right? Or product being proactive is how can I help the client now? But I always plant the seed of, listen, this is what we're going to do immediately. And this is the results we can expect or whatever, right? Whatever we're setting up, um, databases and infrastructure on the back end, blah, 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 right? And then, okay. And then six months from now, here's going to be that next, next benchmark or the next thing we should think about. Budget's not there. Can we budget it for next year? So we're always, we're becoming a planning partner with them. And then what happens, your clients become clients for five, 10, 15, you know, I have clients that have been working with me for 20 years. They have new hires coming in. Connie, we want you to do the training. We don't want to bring it in house. Nobody does it like you. I've earned that spot, right? I've learned that, earned that level of respect, but you have to become that planning partner because they're good at their business. They don't know what's yet next to come because that's our zone of genius with our business. So that's, again, part of that whole pre- proactive. So that's a good loss leader for you because now they're getting and thinking, I did make the right decision. And the other thing I want to say, emotional, you know, 95% of our decision making is happening at the subconscious level. 5% is conscious. So by getting that gift, there's a subconscious charge of validation that I chose the right vendor in this case, you know, with you doing the podcast and stuff like that. So it's just fast. Humans were fascinating. Um, but it, it, if we do it right and we create these good habits, it becomes easy. It really becomes easy. Totally. Do me a favor. We have, I have one more question because we're, we're almost out of time. Explain to everybody exactly what you do because I think that you're very genuine. You, I asked you to be on the show again because I think you have a good vibe, right? And you and I, I thought we connected well, d- delivered good content, but tell people exactly what you do. So if they're listening and think, <clears throat> holy crap, I like this dude. What does he do? How can I, how can he help me? Let's talk about that. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Um, and I appreciate that. I, I really enjoy being on the show. And yeah, it's fun to do podcasts with people you like. So good. <laughs> um, essentially, what we do can be broken down like pretty simply into we help people guest on podcasts that have their ideal client profiles as listeners. Something else that we do that is pretty important is I, I know a big... Um, issue for a lot of people is they know they kind of need to be doing content, but the actual process of sitting in front of a camera and recording is like, I don't want to do that. Or it takes time. Or like I take 60 takes for a 60 second video. And you know, an hour later, here I am with 60 seconds worth to show for it. Like I, I get that. I've been there myself. Um, so after we get people onto these podcasts and they can obviously, you know, create new business opportunities through giving really good offers to the people after the show, what we do then is we take all that content, we repurpose it for that client, for YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, all the major social media platforms. And we'll also go ahead and do traditional PR work for them as well. So if they're in the, you know, if they are being evaluated in a buying process and people are Googling their names, they can see these things that are, you know, third parties talking about them in a super positive light kind of come up and be like, oh, wow, this person's a real deal. Like they're legitimate. They had third parties talking about them. This is cool. Um, again, just one of those like logic based things that people like to do research before they, you know, work with somebody. So essentially what we do is we help people guest on those podcasts with the right people listening 
And we build some pretty impressive warm um, organic funnels so people can, you know, get discovered and have kind of a good pipeline of just organic people coming into their system, learning who they are, building themselves as an industry thought leader. Yeah, it's it becomes passive income, right? By letting leveraging you guys, I could create that funnel with just from being on the podcast, repurposing the stuff, you know, getting the promo out there. And now all of a sudden I have a funnel of leads coming in just from that one 30 minute episode of whatever it is. So we do, we, I, I think we, we sit down, I got to create content. Here's my topic for the month. What do I need to, instead of, and, and I'm not saying don't plan, right? You know, I'm a planner, but what are, what is that content? How can we spread it out? How can we repurpose it with, with very little effort after being on the show? And that's, it's so funny because at the ends, right? I always ask my guests, we're going to do a quick clip. To get, entice people. What did we talk about? So they want to listen to the whole episode, right? And we use that in our marketing. And you and I have this very easy conversation where ha- you, you have not hesitated with any of my questions. At the end, when I do that, my guests go, oh, wait, give me a minute. Wait, what do you want me to say? And they have to write notes down. And I giggle. I do the same thing when I'm on a show. And at the end, they go, come, we're going to do a quick clip. I go, wait, what? I When you ask, I know what I want to say, but now you're asking me to do something very structured. All of a sudden, I'm thrown for a loop, right? It, we're, we're better at things than we think we are. So we we are our own worst enemy, no matter what we do, right? 100%. Yeah. It's hysterical. It's hysterical. Share with everybody, because we are going to put your free gift. Um, I'll put it in the link after I give the the name of all of this is going to be in the show notes. But you if people email you and they put changing the sales game in the show note in the, the email, what talk about the promotion thing? Yeah. So if any of what I um, have talked about, you know, sounds like it could possibly help you guys or like it's something that might be looking for um, what I can do just to start the relationship off on a really positive note is if you shoot me an email at grant, G-R-A-N-T at empathyfirm.com again, grant at empathyfirm.com. And you just put, you know, changing the sales game in the subject line. uh, So I know that, you know, this is where you're coming from and this is the offer that we're talking about. I'll go ahead and I'll actually publish you on three publications, a hundred percent on us. Um, and that's just kind of our gift to you. And then after that, you know, if you were like, Hey, that was pretty easy. Like that was fun. I enjoyed doing that. Um, I, I love to have a conversation to see if, you know, podcast guesting could be an avenue that you guys haven't explored yet for creating new business opportunities, building your brand and everything along those lines. So again, shoot me an email, grant at empathyfirm.com, put changing the sales game in the subject line, and you'll get those three free publications. And you know, Grant, it's so funny because podcasting is such an easy, quick, the ripple effect that you get to meet cool people like I get to meet cool people like you, right? You get to meet cool people like me. I'm cool, right? And you get that little subtle hit there. <laughs> but we get to meet cool people. We learn from the conversation yeah. because like you just said a couple of things like that video, sending that video introduction. Never thought I I have videos out there that people, you know, on my link tree can yeah. say. I like having that as a separate attachment because they're more apt to open it because I think, wait, what is she sending me that I need to prepare? So I love that. See, I always pick up tips too. Um, and then the other thing is if you, if that helps me create the content I need through conversations like this, it becomes so easy. So people are afraid to get on podcasts. Like I don't have anything to say. Sure you do. 
Sure you do. If you're in business, you have a lot to say. You may just not know how to do it. So through the questions like I asked my guests, like I did with you, content is created. It's organic. It's natural. It's friendly. It feels good. So you're not forcing. What's the topic? What article do I have to write? We make everything so darn hard. Get on a podcast, repurpose the content. Bam. It can't get any easier than that. So I, I love podcasting because it, it's definitely Im- increased my my business for sure. Um, but I get to meet great people like you who refer to me and, and you just create this beautiful ripple effect of a dynamic of working with people that you like. It's 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 a really cool platform. People need to get on it more, I think. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And like one of the you know things that isn't necessarily like front and center when we're talking about podcasting it's just what you said like the people you meet doing that is so exciting and it it opens up so many more opportunities not just for you know new business opportunities but maybe joint ventures or if you have a referral stream you want to be able to send somebody like there are so many cool people that have podcasts and being able to talk to them like this for an hour and then obviously afterwards if you guys want to talk shop together like that's great you've already you know vibed each other out and you're already like having fun and talking to each other. So yeah, that's, that's, that, that is one of the honestly best things I I love about podcasting is just meeting the people behind the actual shows. Yeah. And, and the other thing is your we together can create this great content because you alone, me alone is different than you and you and I working together on a show like this. So I, I think it just lets, it allows people to see the different layers of who we are versus I'm doing this podcast and we're talking about sales. Do you know what I mean? It just, it, it just, it brings it to life. I think it brings totally. the, it brings the content to life and it, it, it feels good. Right. So that, and here's the other thing. Nobody ever hires us, but they learn something from us. That makes me really happy. <laughs> oh, totally. A hundred percent. So it's, it's, it's it, again, the ripple effect, I think, is just a win-win. So listen, and here's the thing, guys, if you are on the fence about even if you don't want to be you be a host of a podcast, I get it. Dip your toe and try to be a guest on a podcast. Trust me, the experience will be unbelievable. You will get better at fill in the blank, whatever your business is. Um, and now you have content that is so easy to curate and use um, using a resource like Grant. So again, it's grant at empathyfirm.com website, obviously, empathyfirm.com. I will put that in the show notes and I'll make a little note in the show notes that the free gift is email grants with the subject line changing the sales game and he will get you on uh, promoted on three different uh, platforms, right? Did I understand that correctly? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Three different press publications will get you guys published in. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you, my friend. Uh, thanks for being on for a second show. Additionally, <laughs> I will post the first show Grant and I did in the show notes so that you can go back. We talked a lot more about the details of the business. So it, it was a little bit more technical than this one, I hope, was more inspiring. They're both inspiring, but you get what I'm saying. The other one, we kind of set the platform of of what you do, why you do it. And now it's how we do it. Um, so I like uh, kind of the tr- uh, the contrast of the two shows. So I'll put that in the show notes for you guys as well. Um, Grant, as always, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, true joy. I learned something. I love when I learned something from my guests. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you so much for having me back. It's uh, you, it's a, it. it's always a blast and I always have so much fun. So thank you. You, you know, you have an open door. Philosophy on sales <laughs> is so simpatico. You have an open door. Anytime you need to come on or you need some content, go get me on Connie's show. That's where we create some good content. You have an open door, my friend. I appreciate um, that. Connie. Thank you again. And, and happy, happy holidays to you. Yeah, you as well. 
Thanks. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build and discover no matter where you are on changing your sales game. I really do hope that my guests and I provide some tips, ideas and strategies that you can implement immediately. The three pillars make it into three categories that you're going to connect have people write down all the tips um, that look into the podcast right being guests on podcasts if you don't know where to begin grant is a really good um, ally and a, a mentor if you will as well to help you navigate because it can be overwhelming and i get that um, so again you have so many things to work from based on just today's show um, use it Information is a beautiful thing. If you do nothing with it, it's information. So apply one of the ideas that Grant and I spoke about today. I promise you magic will happen on the back end. Um, thank you for tuning in to Changing the Sales Game with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.com. I wish you an inspired week filled with change that's changing your sales game so we can up our game, do better, serve bigger, and just love the world in a great way. Um, Have a great one, everyone. I love you. Thank you for tuning in. I will see you next week. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.